Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. She grew up with the children of the stars. Welcome to the second episode of the LA Kings podcast here on the Believe Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, and the only place with a show for every team in LA. I'm your co-host Shannon Bentley alongside Kevin McClelland. Let's get right into it. I hear there's some uh, huge trade news between the LA Kings and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, that was, uh, you knew it was probably going to come, you know, it depends what the GM there, Blake's thinking, and uh, Maybe it's a little bit of a wake-up call for the guys in the dressing room, but it's always hard, uh, you know, trading a guy like uh, like Muzzin. But you know, yeah. uh, there's teams out there like Toronto that uh, pretty high in the standings are looking to put uh, the final pieces of the puzzle, you know, down the stretch run here. So, uh, LA Kings obviously, you know, will miss a guy like Muzzin, but you know, for who sure. knows what who knows what that uh, first-round draft pick is going to pick out to be. Uh, going to turn out to be but uh they get yeah. a pretty pretty good young four that's going to go down to the uh, ontario and american hockey league and there's another guy that's still playing uh in the ohl that they acquired in that trade too so again for the future the la kings it uh, looks good but it, uh you know right now talking trying to get back into this playoff race that's probably going to hurt them a little bit yeah i would say so and and they will the kings definitely will need some younger players they are one of the old if not the oldest uh team in the nhl right now yeah i mean it's a team that's uh, done pretty well the last few years and winning the cups and stuff like that and guys get older and uh you know they're still right there they're only eight points back from that second wild card behind colorado but uh you know this could just be a sign of things that are going to start happening it depends what they probably do on this road trip here and there might be a couple other uh players getting uh, shipped out of that dressing room which is always tough to see yeah, for sure. Well, Tor- Toronto can definitely use Muzzin. They're a little short on the on the defensive end. Um, and I think probably, uh, you know, the Kings will get some good players from Carl Grundstrom and Sean Dursey. I think those two guys uh, could really bring something to the lineup. Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, uh, the one kid there, Grunzi, he's going to be a good Grundstrom. He's going to be a good player. Uh, he's having a pretty good year with the Toronto Marlies right now. And obviously, yeah. obviously with that lineup that he got in Toronto behind all those uh, superstars, there's not a lot of room for him there right now. And, you know, obviously Toronto's going to go for it here in the next couple of years. Yeah. And then Dursey, who is playing for the Own Sound Attack in the OHL, the Ontario Hockey League, was recently traded to the Guelph Storm, who are in contention for a championship there. So uh, he's obviously a still still a very valued player. Yeah, he's a, a good player. He's got, you know, 28 points in 24 games for Guelph and Owen Sound in the Ontario Hockey League. And uh, he hasn't, he, he wasn't signed. He's just had the, the Toronto just had his rights. So obviously, you know, the Kings will probably sign him now. And, uh, yeah. you know, he'll start his pro career next year and hopefully uh, can, you know, make it in the lineup on opening day next next year. That's great. And uh, they, like you mentioned before, the Kings also get a first round draft pick with that uh, deal. Um, that being said, though, the Leafs' first-round draft pick is going to be quite a ways down the line. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is uh, now, now, if you're a Kings fan, and I know there's a lot of them out there, 
but uh, you're hoping Toronto goes on a little bit of a skid right now, <laughs> drop, drops exactly. down a few positions. But anytime you get a chance at uh, an extra first-round draft pick, that uh, is going to be an exciting day in June when they're uh, at the table making these picks. Yeah, for sure. Now, as far as the current roster for the Kings is concerned, with Muzzin out of the lineup, what are they going to do? How are they going to fill that hole? Well, that's why you always have your farm system. And I know the uh, kid out of Utah here, Brickley, uh, you know, he was a big, big commodity coming out of uh, university last year. They signed him. So, you know, maybe it makes room for someone like him to come up and, and, you know, show what he's got. So, you know, they got uh, assets, obviously, in Ontario in the minor league there. And uh, hopefully it gives one of those young guys a good shot at uh, coming up and, and playing in the NHL. Now, if you're the coach, speaking from a coach's perspective, do you just literally fill the hole and replace Muzzin to, and, and pair somebody up with Martinez? Or do you shuffle the whole defensive lineup around? Well, I think, you know, I mean, they probably have a good idea who's going to come up from the minors and uh, fill that spot. But, uh, uh, you know, they'll probably, uh, you know, move pieces around or whatever. But if you got a couple guys that are playing well together, uh, you know, you keep them together and you bring this guy up and you just place him a little bit. Uh, as a coach, a guy coming up, you're not going to put him in any position to uh, to fail. You want him to succeed. So they'll probably right. be pretty pretty cautious if they do bring someone up from the minors and put them in the right spots. And, you know, when you get, you know, they might put him with Dowdy. I mean, I tell you what, if you put, get to play with Dowdy, mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to make your game uh, uh, that much better for sure. That's definitely true. Uh, he's playing, Dowdy's currently uh, paired up with Forbert right now, and they've been doing really well on D together. Yeah, and that's what I mean. You always look for that veteran, especially with the young guy coming up. Uh, you always uh, want to put him with like a veteran and uh, make him feel comfortable. And, you know, just little wee things that the fans don't see. You know, you know, Dowdy be that guy that would uh, be a calming influence in the dress room and uh, settle him down in between periods and uh, give him a lot of key advice that, uh, you know, Dowdy probably got when he was a young guy too. Yeah, talk a little bit about the the locker room experience and how important it is to kind of have that um, camaraderie with your line mates. Like, does that does that make a lot of difference having a, a connection with your line mates? Oh, it does for sure. And uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of talk that people don't see uh, behind the scenes, like in the dressing room and stuff like that. And uh, you know, hey, you know, we can try this play against this uh, set of defense out there. So there's a lot of things and a lot of strategy uh, that uh, going behind the scenes. Obviously, you know, the the older guys and the guys that have been through the wars and have the experience. It's really good for a young kid coming up to to sit there and uh, have that commenting common uh calming influence on your side right. for sure yeah that makes sense now who who is one of your favorite line mates to play with well i didn't play with the best of them i was always a fourth line checker so you know a guy like dave hunter back in the day was great oh, uh, yeah. i was a young guy that uh, come in edmonton and got to play with hunter and hughes and they were two uh, uh grizzled old vets that uh, been through the wars and and they helped me a ton that's for sure and the other guy obviously that played my role the uh, Dave Semenko, you know, dearly yeah. missed, dearly missed, but uh, yeah. he was great, great for me as a young guy, especially, you know, I had to go out there and battle and fight every night. And, uh, you know, he was the guy that said, you know, Hey, you don't fight in these situations, you know, fight in this situation and, uh, you know, watch out for this guy. He's got a real hard left or whatever. So it's always good to have those guys, uh, experience put into your head. 
So they'd help you out, give you some tips and tricks. And was there anything else that they uh, helped you with on the ice? Well, they just just the confidence wise, you know, like uh, mm. if you made a, if you made a mistake or whatever, and sometimes the coach got on you a little bit, uh, you know, you always counted on your teammates to to get you through that, and uh, you know, say, hey, don't worry, you know, coach's a little upset, but uh, you know, uh, you know, try this next time, and uh, probably that won't happen, but. It just uh, they've been through it. Uh, they they uh, they know the other teams. They know the league. And when you're a young guy, it sure is a big help. That's for sure. You always have your coach there that uh, is leading the ship. But it uh, uh, the guys that are in the dressing room are a real calming influence. And I learned that real early in Edmonton. I was overwhelmed mm. when when I went there. I come from Pittsburgh, the last place. Uh, team in the league to mm. a team team that was going to the Stanley Cup Finals and. You know, you, I learned so much from that group, and uh, it was uh, it was such a great ride for sure. Wow, that must have been intimidating stepping in onto the ice with uh, Gretzky. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty overwhelming, that's for sure. When I got the call, I just got sent down to the minors. Uh, I was in Baltimore, Pittsburgh's farm team at the time, and uh, I was walking through the lobby of the hotel, and there was a phone call, and it was Glenn Saylor. And uh, he said he got traded to Edmonton. So first thing I said, okay, where's your farm system? I'm obviously going there. And he said, no, <laughs> uh, you're coming right to Edmonton. And I stepped on that ice for the first practice, and I was definitely overwhelmed. I didn't belong. I didn't belong. I knew I didn't belong. But uh, <laughs> those guys never let me quit. And uh, sure enough, I was a little piece of the puzzle at the end of the day. Well, sure enough, you did belong there, obviously. Yeah, you were there for quite a few years. Yeah, I was. I was uh, for seven years. And uh you know, after seven years, I got traded to Detroit. So, you know, we get back to Jake Muzzin there and uh, know what he's feeling like because that's the toughest day is when you've been in a place for a while and uh, just won four Stanley Cups and got traded to Detroit. That uh, was a real big shock. And, and then Edmonton went on uh, and won the Cup that year. So uh, mm-hmm. I, missed, I missed the fifth Cup. But uh, uh, seven years was a good time, especially as a role player. As a role player, you don't, really don't get to say stay in that spot that long you know right yeah wow and well jake muzzin though will be uh coming to toronto and they are making a run for the stanley cup um he says that he feels like he is returning home uh he grew up in woodstock which is just outside of toronto and he cheered for the toronto maple leaves as a kid so he really feels like you know he's kind of coming home so hopefully that helps him out in the transition a little bit yeah, well, for sure. I mean, if you're going to get traded traded uh, anywhere, you always want to go to a contender. And obviously, Toronto's going to be a contender this year. And, you know, obviously, being grown up in, around that area, he's very familiar with Toronto, knows it's a real hockey hotbed. So, you know, he's going to love playing in front of family and friends. And uh, sometimes that's difficult, but uh, he mm. seems like the type of guy that's going to handle that well. And he seems like he's very professional about his job. Yeah, actually, they do say that, say that. A lot of players mention that about uh, playing in Toronto is it's uh, because it's such a hotbed and it's it's you know one of the premier cities to play hockey in. Um, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. You go to, for example, Florida Panthers and you step out of the out of the uh, dressing room at the end of the game and there's like maybe one reporter there, you know. <laughs> but in Toronto, you are just completely surrounded by a sea of reporters wanting, wanting answers. Uh, and it can be a little daunting. 
Yeah, for sure it can. And then there's a lot of distractions too, because now, yeah. like you said, you're always around your family and friends and, you know, on game game day, you got your friends calling up, asking for tickets and uh. everybody, everybody wants to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get a little distracted with all that stuff, but, uh, you know, it's a great place to play in Toronto, but, uh, they expect, to, uh, their team to go out and play. It's been a long time since, uh, Toronto's really done anything, and this is an exciting year for, obviously, Toronto and the whole uh, uh, province of Ontario. So there's going to be a lot of pressure going down the stretch for sure, and, uh, you know, I think anything short of a Stanley Cup, it's going to be probably a disappointing season for the Leafs. Absolutely, I would imagine. And uh, if it does happen, the city is just going to absolutely erupt. Uh, if it, Yeah, for sure. If they do, I'm going to get back to uh, Ontario. Obviously, I'm from Oshawa. Yeah. So I'd like to see that for... Uh, you know, Toronto and the surrounding area for sure. Yeah, you got to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the LA Kings are not out of contention yet. We are keeping our fingers crossed and we're looking ahead to their next game, which is on Saturday, the second against the New York Islanders. How do you think you're, they're going to fare? This is going to be a tough game, I think. Yeah, it'll be a tough game for sure, especially, you know, one of your buddies getting traded out of the dressing room there and then you're stepping on the ice. But also, too, it's... Uh, you know, like I said, it might put a little bit of starch in some of these guys' shorts because, you know, obviously L.A. is a great place to play, and there's been guys that have been there for years and part of Stanley Cup, and uh, uh, they don't want to be the next guy uh, leaving the dressing room. So mm-hmm. maybe it could be a little spark for the hockey club, but, uh, you know, going into the Islanders building, they're having a pretty good year, so it's going to definitely be uh, definitely be a real tough situation they're going in. But, hey, this could be the spark that turns them around, and they go in there and uh, get a big win to start the road trip off right and uh you know they just could uh, all of a sudden put a string of wins together and everybody uh uh see him back into the playoff hunt that is that's a good point how does it change the dynamics in the dressing room when trades start happening like this well it's always tough to see one of your buddies leave and the guy that's been there for the stanley cups and uh you know, he, he's the first one to go. It's uh, uh, guys, guys don't want to leave. So it uh, mm-hmm. maybe rallies the troops a little bit. And uh, uh, like I said, uh, hopefully uh, the second uh, half of the season here, it, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a wake up call and uh, these guys get going. Absolutely. Now they have had a little bit of time off with this all-star break. So they're going to have to get the wheels turning again. Yeah, it's it, you know they've been away wherever they've gone and stuff like that. Uh, nowadays, I think they go on uh, big trips and stuff and enjoy their family and friends. Uh, before we can only afford to go to the next uh, city over, uh, we weren't really getting paid that much. But these guys go all <laughs> off the place. But they'll come back and uh, these guys are professionals. A lot of them probably worked out and you know stayed on the ice or hit a gym, so they'll have a, a little bit of a skate, get back on the ice, and uh, and uh, put their best effort in. How hard is it to, to jump back into the game after a week off like that? Well, uh, it's, it's uh, like I said, these guys, you know, nowadays are always in the gym and they're always taking care of themselves and, uh, you know, should uh, they shouldn't miss a beat. I think a lot of them probably we talked about in our last segment that uh, hopefully a couple of guys that had a little nicks and uh, bruises, they're probably healed up. So it's probably a good thing that the break was here, especially for a little bit of an older team. Now they're freshened up and ready to go. Uh, now, the All-Star game was 
pretty entertaining uh, to watch if you if you happen to catch it. There was uh, some surprises and and some that weren't surprising at all. Connor McDavid won the fastest skater th- for the third year in a row, which was fantastic to watch. He's just so smooth on the ice. Yeah, it's, he's unbelievable. I, uh, we were up celebrating that uh, uh, number one team in 100 years in last February. And uh, got to got to see him play in person. I tell you, the speed on that guy was is was was unbelievable and is unbelievable. And uh, it's no surprise that he went a fastest skater for sure. Yeah, and some speed on the ice is really something that you don't get an appreciation for uh, just by watching it, the game on TV. So if you're out there in the LA area, make sure you get some tickets and go and see a game in person because the the game is just so unbelievably fast in real life you just can't you just can't uh get an appreciation for it on television yeah it's amazing it's amazing if you're watching on tv and then uh, all of a sudden you go to a nhl game and uh, sit close to the ice you would uh, you're definitely going to be shocked at the speed and how fast these guys are going for sure um uh, yeah. they're so they're so big and you just wonder how quick uh, those guys can be out there but yeah the if you get to go and watch down in la i tell you you'll be amazed and uh, it'll be a very enjoyable night watching these guys and the speed that they got absolutely so it's, it's the best sp- sport out there i'm a little biased but i think it's the best sport out there for sure <laughs> I'd, ha- I'd have to agree, agree with you on that, you know <laughs> Another uh, non-surprise was Johnny Goudreau and his puck control. He won. Uh, he won last year, and he won this year handily again. He was uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, that's another uh, good hockey player. I mean, everyone talks about guys being too small to play in, in the National Hockey League, but mm. that guy's that guy's one of the best in the league, and uh, it just shows that these guys that always hear when they're, you know, like on my team, oh, they're too small or whatever. All you have to look at is a guy like him and put the effort and time in, and uh, if you can ever get to the skill set that he has, you'll be doing fine, but uh, just a great hockey player. Yeah, there you go. When I was growing up, I remember one of my favorite player, players was Theo Fleury. I just loved I loved his heart. I loved his uh, style of game, and he was not as big as a typical player, but he he just made it work for him. Yeah, well, Theo Fleury, I've played against him many, many times, and uh, just a great competitor for sure. But, you know, he didn't play small. He played uh, he yeah. played, he played a big man's game. He was always in there and yapping and agitating, and uh, <laughs> he was very difficult player to play against for sure. And you know, he didn't take take nothing from me. He didn't back down from me. Nothing. He was just uh, uh, wow. that smaller guy, smaller guy that. But he played like he was six three, six four. Awesome. Now in the save streak event, we had a new winner this year, Henrik Lundqvist. With 12 saves in a row, it was pretty uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, well, he's a great goaltender. I tell you, he's been around for a long time, and he just keeps uh, getting in that net and making saves during the season. But there's uh, uh, no surprise there that uh, that he did that in the All Star game. But I tell you what, if I was a goaltender, that would be a nightmare going in the All Star game, especially in the games that was just back and <laughs> forth, back and forth, back and forth. Can you forth. imagine? Oh, oh man, unbelievable. I know. It's it's incredible I, to think that you'd even face like a slap shot from one of these guys, you know, in a in a game, in a regular game. But to have all of these super skilled guys come at you one after another, it just it would be frightening. 
Yeah, it'd be crazy. It'd be crazy. That's when you need to, you know, every once in a while throw McClellan in there so you could get a little time off, you know. But you got all these skilled guys. You got all these skilled guys coming in with the moves that they got, and like you said, the pinpoint accuracy and the and the velocity on their shots. It's uh, it's it was probably a nightmare for the goaltenders. But if you look, they're all having fun, and that was that's what it's all about. Absolutely, and that brings us to the hardest shot. Uh, of this year actually came from John Carlson and he had an impressive 102 mile 102.8 mile an hour slap shot which is absolutely insane yeah that's uh, that's uh, that's crazy and to tell you what we talk about the goaltenders but you know it's night after night they uh, uh, stand in front of those shots whether it's the all-star game or the uh, regular season or the playoffs but uh, again that's a lot to do with the sticks and uh, how big and mm. strong big and strong these guys are nowadays but that's that's incredible to uh, put a uh, shot at over 100 miles an hour that's uh, absolutely he that's had a, he had he had one of the stiffer sticks too they they talked about that he had a a hundred flex stick so they think right, that eh? yeah they made that might have made a bit of a difference yeah but uh, that no matter what flex he's using that's still uh, uh, a lot of velocity on uh, uh, on the on a shot for sure yeah absolutely now the king of the hardest shot is of course Zidane Chara. He has won that competition five times, and that probably has something to do with his size, I would imagine. Oh, he's got a lot of weight behind it, that's for sure. And, you know, a guy that big is definitely going uh, to shoot the puck hard. It's so funny. Uh, I coach U16s here in Utah, and yeah. we, we have a guy from Czech, the Czech Republic over here. He's six foot eight. What? Six foot eight at 16 years old. Yeah, he plays on my hockey team here. And, oh. again, talking about Chara and his size – this kid here, uh, Peter Perconi, he has an unbelievable shot. And uh, we go to these tournaments and we put him up top on the uh, umbrella on the power play and let him rip him. And I tell you, he scores quite a bit. And the goaltender's just, uh, you can see him shaking in there, but it's unbelievable. So, yeah, when you're talking about size, that definitely helps out. That is insane. It's hard to believe that guys with that kind of height can actually have any sort of skating skill. Yeah, it's unbelievable. This kid, uh, 16 skates, unbelievable. He's already got a lot of junior teams looking at him, and uh, uh, you know he goes for skates up in Ogden in the uh, Western States Hockey League with the team. So he's garnering a lot of attention. But uh, just a big body, just a big body. Wow. And six uh, eight. It's so funny when we skate out in the ice, and uh, the other team comes out for their warm up too, and uh, they just keep looking at him down there, looking at him down there. And he plays with <laughs> a little bit. He plays with a little bit of a, a growl on too, so uh, <laughs> it makes it a little bit of a nightmare for the other teams that we're playing. No kidding. Does he have to get like a custom stick or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to get a bigger stick and stuff like that, and uh, he breaks quite a few of them too. So I don't even pay attention. He keeps asking me, "Hey, coach, can I get us another stick?" I said, "Call your parents, man." <laughs> <laughs> They're not paid for at that level yet. <laughs> no, not yet. That's for sure. That sucks for him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have two more competitions that uh, to talk about the premier passer, which was one of the most difficult challenges I think this year, or probably in, in previous years as well, um, they seem to get rattled, you know, if they miss one or two of those passes, and then it just it goes downhill from there. They're trying to aim for these little mini nets on the ice. They're tiny, tiny little nets. And they're, they often have to do, you know, that nice little dish or saucer over a barrier as well. So 
it, how how hard would it be like once that gets in your head once you you've missed a few to try to get over that and just continue on well it's actually it's nice to see because all these skilled guys with all that skill on that it's finally nice to let them see what us role players face every night that net is is always small for us role players trying to score a goal in a regular game but uh, it's just the competitiveness when they you know these guys go to that all-star game you know it's a it's fun and everything, but they're so competitive. And uh, yeah. and, and once they miss it, they get a little bit uh, they get a little bit grizzled and probably uh, continues on to the next one. But you know these guys want to go and they want to put their best uh, foot forward. So there's a little bit of frustration there for sure. But uh, uh, again, hitting those little nets is a little bit difficult too. Yeah, for sure. It took Leon Dreisaitl, who won that competition, over a minute, a minute and nine to be exact. But last year, they had a, a very similar format, and uh, the winner, I think, completed it in about 46 seconds. So this year, they were struggling a bit more than usual. Yeah, it's always tough. It's always tough here in center stage. And uh, like I said, these guys want to uh, uh, make sure they, you know, put a good effort in and sometimes uh, they try a little bit too hard. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, but uh, the skills that uh, they're they're doing out there are so difficult. Like people are probably saying, well, geez, how'd they miss that? But uh, until you do it, you don't really know how hard it is. Oh, absolutely. And they were also talking about how it's it's different than an actual game, because in, in the middle of a game, you're making split second decisions, you're getting a pass from a player. It's it's all kind of, you know, on the move uh, and reactionary, whereas these things are, you know, the puck is often stationary or, you know, things are set up differently. You've got a pile of pucks that you have to dig out, like in the accuracy shooting, they have the, the pile of pucks just sitting there. And you've got to pull those out and you're just standing there stationary trying to take some wristers into specific corners of the net. You know, that's different from a game situation. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. And, uh, you know, I mean, you go to these new things and you're trying different things. And, you know, you give those guys a week to practice that. And I tell you, they'd all be precise and uh, right yeah. on with everyone. But, you know, they're used to the team concept and uh, this is a little bit isolated and uh uh, it's like I said, it's all new, so it takes a little while to adjust, but uh, they all conducted themselves pretty good. Absolutely. David Pasternak won that one in 11 seconds, and he had to hit five targets, four corners, and then the five hole, and it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, these guys, so much skill, and, uh, you know, that's uh, that's almost like a game-like situation in that uh, that you're talking about that. that yeah. These guys pick those corners left and right all the time during the regular season and playoffs. Yeah, Doughty did pretty well, actually. Our, our LA King uh, defenseman was third in that competition. He did really well. I think he was uh, 13 seconds. Yeah, he's for a defenseman. That boy's got a lot of a uh, lot of offensive abilities for sure. And we saw that. Uh, you know, he had that big uh, goal uh, before the All Star break on the power play, and uh, again, that was uh, top shelf. And if there had been a target uh, in that game, that thing would have been knocked right out of the way. Yeah. For sure. Speaking of the LA Kings, we are moving on to the New York Islanders Saturday, February 2nd. As we mentioned, we have to uh, keep our fingers crossed for that one. I think they're going to have uh, an uphill battle. Yeah, I think that uh, it's going to be a good a good result for them. Like I said, a little bit of an older group, uh, you know, a couple days to refresh and uh, freshen up for the back half here. I think that you're going to see them come out and uh, and play a real good solid road game. And and hopefully they do, and hopefully they get a big W, and uh, that leads to a little bit of a, a string of wins together. And 
you know, the next time we're talking, you know, right back close to grabbing that second wild card spot. What do you think is going to be the key to being beating the Islanders? Well, I think that, you know, they're going to have to play well defensively. Obviously, I think the first 10 minutes in, in Long Island, if you look, Islanders always come out and they put a barrage on at the beginning. So if they get mm. through that first 10 minutes, I know it's no cliche, but it's true. They got to go and they got to settle things down early and uh, not get behind too much. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed and uh, hopefully everyone out there in L.A. can spread a positive vibe and uh, we can cheer them on for a, for a win. Yeah, that'd be great. And, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of King fans out there that are, you know, excited for the regular season to start back up here and uh, see what the Kings do down the stretch. Well, thanks, Kevin, uh, for taking some time to chat with me. This has been a pleasure, as usual. Yeah, no worries, Shannon. It was great talking and uh, covered a lot of good things. And uh, uh, the All-Star game was a lot of fun. Now it's back to the grind of the regular season. Yeah, exactly why we, the fans, need to send some of those positive vibes to our LA Kings. So make sure you send us your comments and questions so we can share them on the air. Twitter and Instagram both work for us, at Shannon Believes. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's talk again soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.